either be God's worst enemy or nothing. Which would you choose? Welcome to When Will It End? That quote, of course, Tyler Durden from Chuck Palahniuk's Fight Club sets the stage for today's episode where we we dive into uh, Planes, Fire and Rescue, the fourth installation in our exploration of the car cinematic universe. Um, and it's clear that that uh, in the case of Dusty Cropopper, he uh, chose to be God's worst enemy. What would you choose? I probably nothing. I don't know why I'd pick a fight with God. I'd rather just go on being. Uh, Wait, what were the choices lowly... again? What were the choices again? If you could either be God's worst enemy or nothing, which would you choose? Yeah, why would you... I wouldn't? I want something else. Yeah, there's no third option. I don't want... This is like co- this is like communist Russia, where you only. I want Thank the you. American way, where I can go into a hamburger joint. And get any goddamn burger I want. Yes, thank you. Um, and yes, we're an anti-communist podcast where we review film series like uh, the awesome ass Cars universe, where cars are people and they do sex, and so are planes. They, and they never want do, do sex. sex. They never. But they do talk it. about it, and maybe, maybe never more than in planes, where there's a female sexual predator who haunts the main character. Um, it's very sad to do this. It's sad to do what we do. Here's another quote. Nihilism is a natural consequence of a culture of civilization ruled and regulated by categories that mask manipulation, mastery, and domination of peoples and nature, Cornell West. I would argue that's an excellent description of the film Planes, Fire, and Rescue. So I want to invite our guest. I don't know. Jesse is weird. He decided to come back from his height. The height. I re-listened to the Furious 7 episode, and he sounded great. He was on fire. He took a lull, and now he's like back to... Do this shit? Like, what the... I don't know what's yeah, wrong yeah. with him. Much, much like Piston Peak, uh, uh, Jesse is completely in flames. And uh, yeah, J- Jesse, welcome back. I wish I was on fire. You joined us for, uh, yeah, really uh, the nadir of our podcast. Like, really a low a low, a low, ebb <laughs> that even... I long for the days of Beta House. Oh, That's where God. I'm at right now. I Guys, miss Beta House. Jesse's I, back, and I want to hmm. come in because last episode hmm. was was bad okay i'm just gonna say it, it wasn't no one good we didn't do anything josh was watching basketball like <laughs> i want to start i wasn't watching basketball you were checking scores of local high school games well that was i just happened to notice something that i thought baird's mentioned and I you think were so that's bored fine. you were reading <laughs> basketball highlights from a high school basketball game i want to i know we're in a dark place so dark I'm hoping that today we can bring an energy that is maybe the antithesis of a fire and rescue. And we can just sort of jaunt through the flames, much in the same way that the moose, I assume those were moose, right? Those tiny moose Well, they were deer. Were, Let's, we'll were get deer. into it. Guys, I feel personally responsible for how this is going because I, That's you great. guys remember I when we like did this. Cars 2, right? Cars 2, mm. you brought me in. I had so much vroom vroom energy. Right, you you chose to come. We didn't bring all right, all right. you yeah, in, sure. you sick fuck. Uh, sure, I begged you to be back on the podcast. You reluctantly obliged, but let's not get caught up on the details. I came in with a lot of energy, guys, I, and it's gone. It's it is. <sighs> come on, we got to get the energy been back. No one wants to listen. And uh, 
it's gone completely. I thought we weren't supposed to say that anymore, but I guess this one <laughs> I gets guess a pass. it's okay according to this fucking. No, movie. that was awesome. I'm really appreciative that like if this weren't this if this movie had been made in like 2003, there would have been so many flame retardant jokes. It would have been awful. <laughs> That's a horrifyingly. <laughs> That's good the point. only thing we can be thankful for. So, sure. I found I found a quote. I found a quote that actually is eerily prescient to this, and I did not expect to in the Ooh. Goodreads.com/slash/quote/slash/tag/slash/nihilism page. <laughs> If you live today, you breathe in nihilism. It's the gas you breathe. Flannery O'Connor. And, and for this series, yeah, let me let, let me break down a few of my major takeaways from this. One, never forget that this subcategory of feature-length Cars films forces you to root for Dane Cook, which is an indignity that is so demeaning and so genuinely makes well, me feel sad to be alive. Does it? Does it demand yes. that, or does it yes, politely suggest it? Because no, 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 I am totally on board with Josh. It demands it because mm. uh, Dane Cook is such a fuck up in this movie, and he wins. Like this it's, is like the Mater yeah, all over again, yeah, where he yeah, is like bad. goes through this fucking fire training where he fucks up all the time, almost kills so many other planes and cars, and yep. the end of the movie is like, "Great job, you're now a firefighter." And he yes, learns this movie nothing. Does, he gets everything. It's this movie forces despicable. you to root for an awful, awful plane. And then the second point I want to bring up is that the sheer violence of this film series is so (laughs) staggeringly cynical and nihilistic that the fact that this is like movies for children, like it's one thing to watch Die Hard and be like, okay, like this probably sowed a lot of really horrible ideas about the world into the (laughs) minds of lots of white men in the 80s. Like that's definitely had a delineable, terrible impact on our culture, certainly in 2021. But to watch this movie where ecological destruction, mutilation, uh, Christ-like sacrifice, meaningless redemption. Like, it's a really apocalyptic vision of the world that shows that only regimented ranks of authority, of authoritarian people can resolve problems that that come out of a void. There's no moral dimension to the wildfire that destroys Piston Peak. It's just a test to prove that firefighters are the one thing that can save us over a hapless bureaucracy and the selfishness uh, of this vain, horrible forest got warden guy who we all hate. I'm just saying the point that I they like make you. about character in these movies is at the expense of like every shred of decency yes. that we have. I'm glad and that you bring to me up is the fire. Horrifying. I, I want to touch on the fire briefly because. In a lot of ways, I feel like independent of character, dialogue, plotting, th- there are images and brief stretches in this movie that are some of the more compelling things that this universe has had to offer. I'm speaking, of course, specifically of uh, the sequence where all of the cars and planes and, and vehicles need to leave um, the lodge. Uh, and it's against this ticking clock of the fire coming closer. Because there are no character choices involved in that stretch, I think that that is some of the stronger stuff in the film and in the series. But it's once again surrounded by characters that we hate, decisions that we don't understand, um, and, and it uh, it continues to be a decrease in quality in these films. I think, yeah. Did your did your version open with a dedication to all the firefighters? Sure in did. Yes. Okay, sure set. did. And that's like the most. It, it's the weirdest way to start a kids movie, which is so obviously just a kids movie. It's not like a Pixar movie where there's even anything for adults in it. 
again, we're like, this is this is the problem. <laughs> what about those chips references? Like, okay, so that's the thing. Is like, there are a few, but they're not funny to adults either. They're just references that adults can be like, oh yeah, like I jacked off to chips when I, I was a kid. I really actually questioned what humor was right. after watching this film. Like, well, again, for the billionth time, it's a fucking kids movie. The kids are like, oh my god, they got Eric Estrada. You know, like no no child watches this and goes like, that's a psychotic decision to make. And you know, there's something like. There's something so insidious about this movie coming out in an era where we're reckoning with climate change as, like, the direct result of an entire, you know, economical ecosystem that relies on fossil fuels Mm -hmm. and especially on vehicles. And you think about, you know, the the fascist – like, fascist cop movies in general are always like, oh, there's waves of criminals. we got to mow them down. There's no explanation for where crime emerges (laughs) from. There's no larger, like – no system that creates inequity and leads to this kind of dynamic. We just got to mow down the bad guys. So for this movie to be like, there's this nightmarish, hellish apocalypse that has no origin, no explanation, is not in any way explicably tied to the decision making of the system inherent to the world of cars slash planes is it's so bleak. It's so <laughs> cynical. Yeah. You know, and I, I think like one it, of the just, many it's a test for Dane Cook. Film. Like, like, like climate change is one more thing for Dane Cook to overcome in his personal journey as oh, Dusty Cross. Yes. Which is yes. interesting if you compare this to Wally, and like if you do subscribe to the the Pixar theory that all Pixar <laughs> movies exist in the same universe. Oh, this is coming like, back. Okay. I, I not just subscribe to it. It is the bedrock of my re- religion. <laughs> I smashed. It the is the way that I perceive. Yeah, well, I liked. Exactly. I liked and subscribed it. Um, did you see that podcasts now, um, Apple Podcasts is changing the terminology so you no longer subscribe to podcasts, you now follow them because boomers were confused and thought that you had to spend money to subscribe <laughs> to podcasts? It's good. We should change more things uh, in 2021 to great. appease boomers. That definitely is a good move. <laughs> uh, they're like so used to magazine subscriptions that they didn't know that you could just click on subscribe and it would be, anyway, they're, oh, God. They're pathetic. Um, if you compare like, other Pixar movies, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. This is not getting ahead of myself. I'm, this has nothing to do with whether I'm asking when will it end. But Cars three, I'm interested because it is back to being Pixar. It's a different team. I'm curious what they're going to do with it because Wally did sort of grapple with this idea of, you know, the Lorax and like all these other previous children's ideas about very simplified versions of how pollution can ruin things, and like Pixar obviously has that as a part of what they're trying to do. And then these two movies. And all the other Cars movies are just like, so they don't even give a fuck. They're just like, it's crazy to watch a movie about middle America, celebrating middle America, which has fossil fuel just like as a part of its culture. Just yeah. watching cars and planes trundle around and all the, and yeah. like just know that they're causing these forest fires. But maybe when we get to the Wally and the monsters part of this whole universe, when everything is so fucked up, like... This is the ultimate, like, cars did end up ruining the world. It wasn't the humans after all, because if you subscribe to the theory... You're being so generous, and it's completely inappropriate. Dude, if you subscribe to the fucking theory, if you subscribe to the theory and like it... No child walks away from Wally being like, wow, I guess Lightning McQueen was actually a fucking accelerationist (laughs) who led to the demise of our entire fucking world. here's the thing, if you subscribe to the theory... Oh, shut the fuck up. No, I'm gonna... Let me fucking finish. If you subscribe to the theory... you subscribe to the theory... (laughs) They claim that everyone was shipped away on those ships to get away from the polluted Earth... 
but if you look at the car, like the world without humans is where the cars verse is taking place. It's perfect. It's fine. There's no problems. There's no pollution. Everything is fine. So why would the humans have left so prematurely? And the only answer is that the cars won the war and destroyed the planet and created. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of like a hmm. like a fascistic posthumanism that suggests that like our ultimate form is just simply to become consumer products. Right. And I mean, I don't know that there's something beautiful about that. Like if you're going to be like a hardcore high growth economy capitalist, at least envision a world where we all just become literal sentient items. Jesse is freaking. Jesse is <laughs> so I fucking. Freaking, I want to freak you out a little further because this movie was so bad, and I did watch it on my giant TV. Because you guys I, gave me a little honestly, bit of shit. I'm, I'm really sorry that whatever I said last episode brought that together for you. But you know what it made me realize is that this, these movies, these two, the the Disney Tunes versions of these movies are perfect for watching on your phone because if it's small <laughs> and in sunlight, it looks fine, and then you blow it up on a giant screen and it actually looks like dog. And it shit. actually does. I, look I had fine. A, yeah. I had a similar experience because I watched the first hour on my computer at work. And then, like, three or four days passed. I was like, oh, fuck. I got, like, 30 minutes of fucking planes, fire, and rescue. And and I watched it on my big screen TV. And, it, yes, it was like watching – I'm replaying Diablo 2 right now, and I was kind of hoping we could talk about that a lot this episode. But cool. Diablo 2 looks a lot better than, than planes, uh, fire, and rescue. And that 13-year-old game at that point mm-hmm. looked a lot better. Yeah, it's, a, it's that weird, like, it seems like it's good CGI work. But then when you actually watch the mechanics of it and how things move and how things take up space – it's actually just like really I don't know anything about computer animation, but it looks like people that aren't very interested in doing it are making these movies. Okay, so well let's isolate a couple of these things. Like I know that in this well, I don't know about Disney Tunes, but in in the Pixar studio, every time they set out to make a film, there's like some new thing that they're looking to animate. In in a, like a new and innovative way, like water, fire, cars, bullshit. You know, just there's something that they kind of hang their the hat three on. elements: water, the fire, and elements. cars. Um, and I agree that a lot of the stuff in this movie looks really bad, but at the same time, uh, some uh, some of the yeah, it was the sequences where they're, like, flying through smoke and, like, the retardant is, like, falling out of the planes. I was like, this is just yeah. it's, it's in poor taste. That's, they're, <laughs> I'm they're, say, they're just hey. They're, no, I'm hold on, Jesse. They're, they're, they're the little helper tractors. They're not whatever you said. And I don't think I don't think they're it's John Deere. I like yes. I so Disney Toon Studios I was like, was mm, it's I like that. It's on us at Disney Toon Studios to depict the ecological destruction of the Earth. Like they're like, this is something that we should tackle uh, from the the franchise, the, the the company that brought you a goofy movie. Next, we gotta go to like, what would it look like if if California finally crumbled into cinder? Okay, okay so let me ask you this. I'm gonna, I want to offer you a, a, a counterpoint to that, Jesse. Please. Um, you're talking about, you know, we're trying to this idea that they theoretically were trying to keep pushing the envelope and try new things with the, the art form. <laughs> this movie is clearly about people at Disney Tunes dealing with much more personal issues than simply the ecological destruction of California. Why does Dusty have to have like a a broke like a bad heart? Why does Dusty have to have like advanced heart disease in this ch- child's movie? Right. Like, okay. I don't understand like who at Disney Tunes was Great like Great cue. Who at Disney Tunes is like, I have to confront my own. Obviously, they're going through something. Whoever wrote this, the geniuses, Bob's Ganaway and Bob's Jeffrey M. Ganaway. Howard. One of them, 
It's yeah. not a real name. His his original name is Roberts. This did make me realize. This made me think about the life and death of a car and a plane differently, <laughs> because his gearbox apparent like if his gearbox blows up, it is not clear that that actually causes the death of the plane or the car. We've it seen is treated like that. It is indisputably treated as though if his gearbox explodes, he will be irreparably something. I'm just curious, are these immortal creatures? Are these things like... Because we've seen every other part of this plane get completely destroyed and replaced. Yes. And the fact that, like, why is a gearbox different than a wing? And, like, it just made me wonder, like, if their gearbox breaks and they can't move, do they just sit and exist? Are they just... Are like these immortal creatures? Cars. Well, here, right. here's more Planes. to the point. Why introduce this thing... Well, that you immediately subvert any of the stakes of as thoroughly as possible the second it becomes inconvenient. Like, th- this movie is so perfunctory where we get to the point where we have to confront the gearbox thing and then it's just fine. Like, it drives me fucking yeah, crazy. No, that's... It's like in Cars 2 with the fucking with the gas where they're like, don't worry, we fixed it. It's like, what the fuck? Then there's no <laughs> right. stake. Why even have it in the fucking movie if the if it's going to be resolved off screen in a way that's just like, well, oh, we can't fix it, we can't fix it, we fixed it. Like, what the fuck? That's not good. In, in Cars two, that did feel very perfunctory. In this, it's like it is the entire plot that he has to grapple with in some way, shape, or form the loss of the gearbox, and the fact that he so he makes this decision at the end of the film to like push it and to redline. The whole movie is leading up to this choice that he is inevitably going to make. And then it's fine. At least in Cars 2, it was like this is this is not even central to the real plot. But like this is the this is the main character's like identity hanging in the balance. But it's my point it's is it's bad. a fucking kids movie. Just him going to become a firefighter is more than enough for us to understand that there's going to be a journey of self-discovery and challenge. So this whole other existential level of is his heart going to fucking explode, <laughs> which it's it makes no sense too because the whole point he's like, "Oh, I cannot race anymore." So I guess I need to go become a firefighter, which like is a in- much more strenuous in many right. situations. Uh, so I, I think you're right, Josh, that this is like they needed to have because otherwise he would be a racer. You know, the whole fucking last point of the movie was he gripped his dick off and he became a racer. So like he's already done that. Why would he stop racing? And they're like, oh, we need a reason why he now becomes a fire and rescue because we want to make a movie dedicated to firefighters <laughs> and the end of the planet. That's right. what we want to it's make. Like, it's, it's the most insane amount of sweaty overworking. It's not that complicated. It, it, it does not Dude, need to be. You can remake this to, movie. They just needed to have him crash. Like, you could skip the entire opening and just have him be drunk or something and crash into the thing, cause the fire, show that this old fire truck isn't worth it. And he's like, you know what? I want to be a racer, but because I'm the one who caused the problem, I will become the firefighter. And that's what this movie over and over again, Josh, to bring up back to your point of like forcing you to like this plane. He fucks up over and over again. He's mm-hmm. actually the he's he sometimes is like, hey, I fucked up. And everyone's like, you know what, Dusty, don't fucking worry about it. We love you. Even, even, like, we love you. You're fine. It's it's brutal. It's worse in this well, movie it, than the last it, movie, I feel like. It's inadvertently the perfect explanation of like what privilege is, where if you're like a good looking mm, popular mm-hmm. guy, you just get yep. a zillion passes like over and over and over again. Like there are no consequences to your shitty, like inept behavior. Um Speaking of behavior, I want to bring up the great Julie Bowen, who is, oh, okay. who is 
an actress I genuinely enjoy. Yeah. I, I think on Modern Family, her playing like a, a sexually frustrated alcoholic is actually one of the better characters of the mediocre sitcom landscape. And uh, she's in the great Hubie Halloween, which, by the way, we're going to do an Oscars episode at some point. But uh, snubs and flubs, Hubie <laughs> not getting any nods? Really? It's crazy. Nothing no. for Hubie? It, isn't that um, Sandler's rev- basically revenge movie? Uh, for not being nominated for Uncut Gems. I reject that narrative because Hubie Halloween <laughs> rocks, and I, I loved it. I really enjoyed Hubie Halloween. We're, so, yeah, we're going to do, uh, do a couple episodes on the Oscars coming up soon, and I think I'm going to have to watch. Is, I, is it Hubie? Hubie Halloween? It, it or is Hub- Hubie yeah. Halloween. All right. Hubie I'm going to watch Halloween. that. I'm going to watch that this week. Okay. Julie Bowen in this movie plays Lil Dipper, a sexual criminal who stalks... <laughs> And, in, and intimidates the sexless Dusty Crophopper, who is uh, – she basically molests him, talks about her tits, stares at him repeatedly. The end, One of the ending jokes in the film is that she watched him sleep off a coma or something. Like it, it is – she plays like a fucking maniac, like a terrifying just, maniac oh, who just wants God. to fuck Dusty. Dusty is boring and like, look, one, you're at firefighter camp. Come on, man. You're really, like, just take a swing, right? Like, you're a celebrity Well, he doesn't have a dick camp. anymore. He has no dick. That's true. And he doesn't want to reveal that, just like he doesn't want to reveal his gearbox is fucked up. But he's always been sexless, and I find that very so, disappointing. No that's, no, that's what, to bring it back to the first Planes movie, I think that was an interesting choice for a shitty kids movie, which normally just, like, makes heteronormative coupling just a part of a love story that doesn't need to be in the movie. I thought it was an interesting choice to have him actually be confronted with a love story turns out she's trying to kill him and he rips his dick off and then is does not he is an asexual racing machine that's all he is and i thought that was weird for a kids movie but to bring it back here he's like <laughs> once again an asexual machine who is she's like the story that she tells when she's sitting around the fire is like oh boy there was a time when i was just fucking everything i was hitting them with sticks they were just like i could not fuck it's like, why is this in a fucking kids movie? What's going right. on? And then she oh, she she fuck. puts her wing arm around Dusty and says they're real at <laughs> one point. <laughs> and like, I I cannot stress enough. I am like, I'm a, a huge asshole who likes all kinds of like really juvenile awful shit because I am a baby man who refuses to grow up. But this is literally a children's movie about Dane Cook playing a fucking plane who becomes a firefighter. Why, why, why do we need this, like, this hypersexualized character? Like, what child needs to laugh at a joke about a plane's. What? Well, I don't even know what this, part of her anatomy is, she was referring this is to. What? The Disney Tunes people think as of as bringing in stuff for the parents. Exactly. Yeah, this is like Pixar does it well by telling two stories at once, one that can exactly. be enjoyed by children, one that can be enjoyed by adults. This shit is just like, oh, we're going to talk directly about fucking. And because they're six and Americans don't teach kids about fucking very well, they won't get it. Yep. And adults will. But it's like neither party is enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to the parents that were like, yeah, th- exactly. You know, Planes 2 actually had a couple of things for me. I, I enjoyed it. This made me really scared to be a parent, not for the normal reasons, but just to be like, what is, like, is this what all kids, like, is this what my kid's going to want to watch a hundred times? Oh my God. I am so, I was thinking about that this morning and just thinking about the amount, like, 
if what we said last episode is true, and this is what a lot of kids' media is like, that is that is dark. That is very dark to me. Well, okay, so let me let me make a counterpoint here. I think about the movies I watched as a kid, and I'm I honestly am not playing into this idea that like I did it right. I like excelled at childhood. I didn't like d- d- definitively was not a great child. But like I think about watching like Homeward Bound, a mm-hmm. movie that is a is a, a travel movie, a journey movie. It's very dark at times. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, God, Shadow mm-hmm. in the Mud Pit. Jesus Christ. That like you know, but it's also not a complicated movie. They they go through trials. The, the talking animals go through trials and tribulations to get back home, and they learn things about themselves. It's a it's a linear vignette movie where they go from trial to trial on their journey back to their eerily heteronormative home where Bill Pullman wears sweaters like in bed, like in the shower while having sex. <laughs> So like th- that's a movie that I think of that has darkness in it. There's yeah. you know threatening things. There's there's real life and death situations. But they're fucking dogs. So like you can get a sense. There's like a context for what's going on. And the idea for this movie to accelerate to this point of like just when they're flying into the valley, this beautiful valley, and it becomes this hellish inferno. <laughs> This like nightmare out of like a, a Wagnerian opera. Like, why do, why does, why is that the tone that kids kids don't need that? They could have one fuck. They could have this shitty fucking fake Radiator Springs prop wash junction. I know that it makes me fucking depressed. Like, if just that caught on fire one time, if like that that would be more than enough for a child to understand the stakes of the situation. And yet in this movie, we get this eighty-three minute movie. We get this like really like I, I'm just like bowled over at how the stakes need to be raised to this level that no child could even fathom. Mm. And I, I, I don't know. I would be, be so sad to, to explain this to my kid. Like, yeah, no, wildfires. It's uh, become like one of the major threats to half of our country, if not, all, you know, or like what happened in Australia before the mm. pandemic. Or like, it's just like it's a real conversation. And as a plot device, oh, my God, it, may, it makes me feel sad. It makes me like yeah. genuine sadness. Uh, I'd like to touch on another thing that really struck me and, and made me feel sad now watching the fourth in this franchise, which which is going back to the relationship that fathers and sons have. Like, if you look at at least Cars, Planes, and now Planes, Fire, and Rescue, basically there's a copy-paste of the entire thing, which is like there's a shitty young man uh there is an inaccessible, grumpy father figure, and um, at some point, something is revealed about that grumpy father figure that, like, allows the shitty young man to, like, have access to him for some amount of emotional connection. Uh, whether it's you're, you were a racer, you murdered children in the army, or now you were an actor and then you lost somebody and became a firefighter as penance. Um, these movies love fathers so fucking much, and it makes me really annoyed. It's true. No, I mean, I think you can even carry that into the Pixar. Like, Pixar has, a like, the, the Pants movie. Excuse like, me? Like, that is, like, they just... The Pants movie? I'm sorry. What, the, what's pa- the, the Pants movie? It was called Pants, right? It's about a dad Do, do you mean up? No, no, no. It's just about a, it's just about a, a dad who's pants. I saw it. 
I didn't dream this. What? <laughs> Charles, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's uh, on no onward. What's the one about the? I, like, didn't, the- I didn't see it. <laughs> oh yes, Oscar nominated Pixar's Pants called yes, Pants. Yeah, that's right. Um, but there, and then you bring up Up. Like you're right. This this is a this is why just having men make movies all the time sucks because they just like keep making movies about dads. But we've learned that. John Lasseter is a fucking awful... Per- All these people are bad people, so I don't want to hear a story about a bad <laughs> really person don't. who loves his dad. Yeah. I, it's It sucks. It's even more troubling because casting Ed Harris in that role, all I can think of is his taut buttocks from Knight Riders. Mm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even... The whole the- time Blade... Blade the plane Blade is talking... Sure, right, whatever. That's all I think name. about is Ed Harris standing naked in a lake, in a lake with a sword. I mean, it's, it's, it was the best part of the movie, honestly. Yeah. The best part if of, you're going to open a movie, open it on Ed Harris's fucking ass. Well, no, I'm saying the best part of Planes, Fire, and Rescue is anytime Blade Ranger spoke, I had a brief, like, if I closed my eyes, I could think about him standing in a lake naked. I don't know, man. I, every time uh, the brilliant Wes Duty opened his mouth and delivered brilliant dialogue as Windlifter. Okay, we must talk. Because we must can, talk, Wes, because this we is so beneath Wes. The next two hours openly weeping about this well okay like this is this is racism at its most glorious where when you're you're shoehorned into strictly playing your identity over and over and over again i mean you look at his he's in the last mohicans he's in mystery man he's in heat i mean like he's had a pretty incredible run but in this movie to see him shunted into native american guy is just so fucking like it's just it makes my native american guy like butt end of native american guy joke like yeah. every the only line he has is to like make fun of that dumb stereotype of just like talking into the distance about eagles it, what, that's all he did this movie well what is very upsetting to me is like uh, there is a case that could be made that he he was like bringing he was bringing a lot of himself to this role and and endeavoring to do good work this is something that like when you are a voice actor in a shitty kids movie and you are a person of color, an indigenous group, like it's an it's an acting gig, right? So you go to work, you get your money, good on you. Um and you try to do whatever you can to fill that space with some amount of t- talent, beauty, your craft, etc. Um and I think Wes probably did that, but he he's undercut every time like it in a different cut of this movie some of the dialogue that he delivers could be like accepted and and loved and like someone could have like garnered actual information and and like a lesson from it but then every time he opens his mouth they're just like uh cool i guess you're talking yeah there's a scene where he's he like tells a story and they're like you know, you lost me when that guy ate his own tires. And it's you're like, like, what the what fuck? The hell? And it, it bears no- mentioning here that the director's cut of Planes, Fire, and Rescue is four and a half hours long. <laughs> and uh, th- there's uh, an extensive... He played Indian in Desert in Oliver Stone's The Doors movie. So I'm on I'm on um, an IMDb list. I don't know if you have... Have you ever, guys ever made a list on IMDb? Just like share the world? No, the, the I, I, have, wow, I have love no. in my life, so I don't so, require making IMDb lists. This is a, this is a, a list by Will Stewart-78791, and it's the title is 7 out of 10 C, in parentheses, showing you that <laughs> these are movies that Will okay. Stewart considers to be a 7 out of 10. 
You have Full Metal Jacket. You got, of course, Gone yeah. in sixty seconds. Shrek's on there. Back <laughs> to the Future Part Two. Planes, Fire and Rescue. The Fifth Element. Wait. Oh my God. Planes, Fire and Rescue. <laughs> Is this like fucking fistful of dollars? Like all these crazy movies, like Terminator Two. What? Whatever. Whatever oh brain injury this guy sustained, I would like. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Cliffhanger, X Men, Cinderella, A Bug's Life, and then just fucking planes, fire and rescues thrown on this list of very famous movies. God, what a sad oh my life. God. We should invite him on the show. Well, yeah, open invitation. Okay, so let's let's dig into this a little bit in the cast. You got Patrick Warburton, squander. Why? Renee Aubergenois. Why was what he happened? even there? Steve Shrippa. Just didn't need to be there. Like it, it just agonized. Regina you, King. You mentioned like, oh, when you watched King. the first hour, you were like, "Oh, Fred Willard's in this," and I was like, "Hell yeah, Fred Willard is a funny voice and a funny man. One of the most distinct comedic voices of his generation. A man who simply can say the like what happened. Can say what as happened. A scene. If they if if the only thing Christopher Guest ever made was the what happened scene, <laughs> that's like the funniest thing I've. I, I watched that. All the time. He's a man who can say two words that will reduce an audience into fucking side-splitting laughter. And they're like, we have the inimitable Fred Willard. How will we use him? Charles, how would you characterize the, the character Secretary of the Interior? He doesn't even have a name. <laughs> He's a nearly silent character that, like, he cares about them getting on a train. It was, it's, it's baffling. Yeah. Why did they, they could have cast me. I would have been bring just in Fred Willard. And he's like, oh, it's a nice lodge. We've got to escape the fire. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, come it's Fred fucking Willard. Show some respect. Well, I think that's what it comes down to is this movie isn't funny. And so, like, I don't know why they bothered to bring in comedians because this movie isn't funny. This is for small boys who love those little cars, the fucking little creepy, like, the ones that reminded me of, like, bugs that just, like, crawled over everything were, like, really, like, intense. And you know the ones I'm talking about? Like, the little ones? Dynamite and I forgot oh, the other ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The repair. Yeah, it's like so ang- they made me anxious just watching them scurry around fixing things. And like that's what I think that is what when you watch this movie as like a six year old boy, you're like, fuck yeah, look at those little things do shit. I mean, to be clear, I was I, I felt that way. That was one of the bright spots of this black hole of a movie honestly when they're like get in there boys and they shit. drop him on the flaming car and then get like cut up hey. that log and like in six seconds like fuck they took care of that burning log say what yes. you will about these movies i will always stump for a film where someone is jumping out of a plane and parachuting in and is a card it happened in furious seven yeah and it happened in plane fire and rescue and i'm here sure for did. it um so the movie does end with one of those great country songs where the lyrics appear to be my pappy was a firefighter they do and the last one is like my pappy was a sentient plane (laughs) like like, they have got one for every fucking movie (laughs) did you guys also notice was the film cars (laughs) three this movie opens in prop town junction whatever the fuck it's called and prop wash junction prop wash get it right junction. you dumb fuck. i don't want to get it right. right i refuse to get it right show some respect so they they he, this is after um no this is 
I forget. Honestly, I have no idea. Oh, I forgot matter. about they're the in corn the bar. festival. Yeah. They're in the bar. They have literal nuts in a bowl, <laughs> which I thought was very clever. Very fun shit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nut, nuts and bolts in a bowl that they're potentially eating. Do they eat nuts? Is that the, is that what I'm supposed to learn from that? The planes I, well, actually can, can, eat Can I tell bolts? you guys one thing? Yeah. These planes can eat my nuts. <laughs> Hell yeah. But anyway, they... So the jukebox is a blasting with some dumb country shit, and there's literally like my pappy was a prop wash junction. <laughs> the people at the jukebox talking about like maybe fucking each other, something had missing teeth. Yeah, like what is like Pickup they're just trucks, like am I right? Are they just like actively just making fun of rednecks now? Like you know what, what is I going loved? on when all of the little cars were doing a square dance routine. If the movie was just that for an hour and a half, it would be an improvement, in my opinion. Well, the, I'm just—I hate to go back to backtrack here, but the image of uh, Ed Harris's character's skin bubbling and 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 popping in yeah. the heat of the flame—that yeah, that really haunts me. I, it's all I can <laughs> think about. Stuff. It's it's really upsetting. Kids love that shit. Why do we have to see that? Uh, I don't know. It's really weird. It's really. Uh. Like, I think you're right. This is. We talked about this a lot in every of these episodes of Farts because for some reason people at Pixar and now Disney Tunes think that because this is a kid's movie and it's animated, they can show the most disgusting, violent, just really nightmare stuff. And because it's like there's no blood and no consequences, it doesn't matter. But Mm. I don't know. This is much like, yeah, as a kid, I wouldn't think anything about it. I would watch this movie and have no reaction to the skin bubbling off of a helicopter. Mm. But watching it now, it's just like, God, like all we get. And I think that's why I like this movie the most out of the four so far is because there isn't just so much death. Like nobody dies in this movie. And it's the least just like insensitively violent than the other four, other three. Hmm. They're all terrible. You know, interesting. But this I, is the I, least just like wallowing no, in the depths I, I of I hear more- what you're saying. I, Yeah. I want to share a Friedrich Nietzsche quote from The Will to Power that I think sums up the Cars verse in general. And I really want to get into this. Virtue is under certain circumstances merely an honorable form of stupidity. Who could be ill-disposed toward it on that account? And this kind of virtue has not been outlived even today. A kind of sturdy peasant simplicity, which, however, is possible in all classes and can be encountered only with respect and a smile, believes even today that everything is in good hands, namely in the hands of God. And when it maintains its proportion with the same modest certainty as it would that two and two make four, we others certainly refrain from contradicting. Why disturb this pure foolishness? Why darken it with our worries that man, people, goal, future? And even if we wanted to do it, we could not. They project their own honorable stupidity and goodness into the heart of things. The old god, uh, Deus Myopus, still lives among them. We others. We read something else into the hearts of things. Our own enigmatic nature, our contradictions, our deeper, more painful, more mistrustful wisdom. I think we can't criticize this movie based on that quote. That's my concern. Huh. I mean, you're right. We can't criticize it. It doesn't uh, matter. It's what not even do. criticizing. Nietzsche would have loved planes. I think he would have been like, "This is this peasant simplicity." Well, so speaking about speaking about someone who would have this loved honorable planes, stupidity. Oh yeah, I gosh. did get a text from friend of the podcast, Patreon subscriber. And I guess friend in real life, uh, Felipe, <laughs> let me know because we have been pretty mean to a, a man named Ebert 
this whole series. And I think he deserves it. But one thing apparently he does not deserve is being accused of being drunk because I guess he was 30-something years sober at the time he was writing the review of, of Planes 1. Or no, sorry, Cars 2. So I guess I just want to come on the record saying that he wasn't drunk because he, I guess, had battled some sobriety issues and, you know, really moved forward to just write bad reviews completely sober. I, so I just want to come that. out and correct that. And honestly, I, I don't know where you guys fall, but I will never have as much disdain for someone who didn't create something like Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Like, Roger Ebert went to his grave never being a part of the creation of a movie like this and therefore is more moral and more just as a human being than the many people that were involved in Planes, Fire, and Rescue. That's that's my take. Well, I, I want to go back to what Charles just did because he did something very brave there. Thank you. People look at Charles and I, and to a lesser degree, Jesse, because he's a guest. Mm. You know, we're the hosts of a very popular podcast. We are sort of popular intellectuals, just uh, riffing at sort of like a a digital Algonquin table for two about the mores and the and the aesthetics of film. And some people look at us and say, you know, how could they be wrong? Mm-hmm. And and I want to make it very clear, we are mortal men at the end of the day. Yes, have we immortalized ourselves through the medium of podcasting? Absolutely. Um, are we doubtless the, the, the topic of conversation at countless parties? Sure, I get that. But we can be wrong. We can be wrong. And I, I think it was big of Charles to reveal that he, in this case, was wrong. It was. I have not made that assertion i am not i have to date not been wrong yet but the potential for that is real and i don't want our more impressionable listeners to go around thinking that just because we're good looking just because we're smart and just because of a popular podcast we can't be wrong about roger ebert being a drunk in any event there are no humans in the movie <laughs> who could be the pope although much is made of the dinosaurs who are the source of fossil fuels Actually, I believe oil originated from ancient plants and microorganisms and not so much from dinosaurs. But in the Lasseter universe, it no doubt comes from gas-guzzling dinosaurs like in those old Rambler ads. Okay, fuck it. He was, he was wasted. There's no, way, there's no way a sober man wrote that. How, oh. how this is the world we live in. That just got like published. They, like, I, don't yeah. know, I bet they spell-checked it or something. And they're like, all right. Well, that's the thing. God he was the it. god. That's he was so the fucking, fucking god of... Of movie reviews because you didn't... Oh, fuck. Who gives it? Anyway, um, I've been meaning to talk about this since we started watching these movies. Um, since Cars 2, and I briefly brought it up, but then got sidetracked last episode. In this movie, they mention AG parts. In every movie since Cars 2, they have talked about cars as being created, not born. And mm. I just want to mm-hmm. talk for a few minutes about okay. who... Are these who is AG Parts? Why are they making cars and planes? What is going on? What universe is this that like we don't ever see the act of creation? We talk about hmm. it a lot. The whole yeah, like plot yeah. of Cars 2 was about cars that need to be like fixed all the time. Who is doing the fixing? What is the point of making these things? Is that just like is this what these movies are all about? The pointlessness of existence? Just like the endless recreation of ourselves over and over again to the point of nothing. Yes. Okay. That's it. Yeah. No. Nailed it on. Well, the head. as 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 Guy de Maspont put it, I told myself I am surrounded by unknown things. I imagine man without ears spect 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 
suspecting the existence of sound as we suspect so many hidden mysteries, man noting acoustic phenomena whose nature and Provence he cannot determine. And I grew afraid of everything around me, afraid of the air, afraid of the night. From the moment we can know almost nothing and from the moment that everything is limitless, what remains? Does emptiness actually not exist? What does exist in this apparent emptiness? That was the best toast ever. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> but it's just weird, you know? They're like, they're living in the human world, as as Jesse pointed out, that I didn't really notice, but all the buildings are human-sized. They're for humans. And yet sometimes there's like the Statue of Liberty. They, yeah, they chose yeah. to knock down the Statue of Liberty and replace it with the Statue of Carberty or whatever, planes. But <laughs> well, like, and, and, and then the train, the train is car-sized, so cars can get on the train? Like, there's this cognitive dissonance. No, no, but so... the train is human-sized. That's why they're the like, oh, we only got sized. six cars on this thing because we haven't updated anything other than the Statue of Liberty, but everything... Like, Train tracks. Hold on. We, the train is clearly outfitted for cars. But there's like so many tiny cars. Right. This world is populated by tiny human-sized cars. If you go back and watch this movie again, the main characters are like large car-sized cars. Then many of the other characters are tiny cars. Right. And if you recall from Cars, my confusion and horror about the girl cars who show their headlights to lightning They're in this look movie, very right? small. I don't fucking... I, it's they were all in just a blur. They, there, is a, there is a sexy sequence in the Chips... Uh, there's the oh, Chips sh- video, <laughs> Chops video where at the end of it, Ed Harris and uh, Eric Estrada are uh, basically... Uh, right, choosing which which one they want to fuck. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that that was the role. But so like, if if Ag Parts is the mastermind, like I was thinking, like Matrix, like is this like what happens when just machines recreate themselves to the point of just trying? But they're not trying to become perfect machines. They're not trying to do anything other than pretend that they are human. These movies are not. There's no in purpose that. to this world. There's no God in this world. So if no, there's but nothing, like, God except your dad. Your dad is God. Yeah. You're, listen to the song. It's all in the closing credit song. My poppy was a fireman and his poppy before him. It's all right there. So that's, huh. So that's like what we're supposed to take away is that poppy, poppy is. <laughs> yep. Poppy is. D- your dad is. Must be understood and and you must supplant him. Why are parts being discontinued? Like, why are they still discontinuing parts? It doesn't. I just don't really understand if they're making Dusty, who doesn't seem to be a very old plane. He has, a, according to that fucking lunatic of a little cre- like little fucking weirdo car that is just like you have a a, a biplane just like carburetic intake, Wait a but minute. it's like he had a really intense heart. Why are they not making this anymore? And if if they can just fix it why can't they just make more of these things this is a great point actually because now i'm thinking about the role that time plays in these films yeah there's no spirituality there's no future there's no heaven there's there's just existence or non-existence but but there is the passage of time they make reference in cars one to the year 40 uh 42 or 43 or 44. Yeah, something. Something in the 40s or 50s. It's when uh, Paul Newman was winning his Piston Cups. So, is that 1946? It's supposed to be, but maybe you're right. Maybe if I'm a subscriber to the Pixar theory, maybe it's 2146. Or have the cars created a new system of 
delineating mm, maybe the year. It's just so it 46. actually is the year 46 because it's Whoa. been 46 years since the humans left the planet. Wow. On the Wally ship. Well, let me, let me contrast this with a quote from Flaubert Gustave, which I think gets to the core of this. The melancholy of the antique world seems to me more profound than that of the moderns, all of whom more or less imply that beyond the dark void lies immortality. But for the ancients, that black hole is infinity itself. Their dreams loom and vanish against a background of immutable ebony. No crying out, no convulsions, nothing but the, fix, the fixity of the pensive gaze. With the gods gone and Christ not yet come, there was a unique moment from Cicero to Marcus Aurelius when man stood alone or cars or planes. Nowhere else do I find that particular grandeur. That fucking rules. That is so spot on. Mm. I mean, that's it, man. Wow. We have really gotten into this in a way that, you know, after watching a fucking shitty helicopter talk to his son playing dickless playing dusty about how to be a bad like but you're right josh what you just said is right and this is the proof of that or the continuation of it so i want to share with you guys i thought of a bit for this episode originally but i i bailed on it because it required way too much prep um but I was going to do a bit where I watched uh, the first season of Rescue Me accidentally instead of this movie and then just talked about Dennis Leary's portrayal of uh, a hard-nosed firefighter. You were going to oh, watch man. an entire series. That's amazing. Well, I was going to probably read uh, yeah, just a synopsis. Read the Wikipedia. Yeah. New York firefighter Tommy Gavin is a hot mess. He talks to his cousin Jimmy who died at the World Trade Center September 11, 2001, and he's seen ghosts of other victims too. He's a temperamental alcoholic whose self-destructive behavior has cost him his family. Why didn't you watch that? 9-11 really wrecked this country. It really psychically just ruined us. And I think Planes, Fire, and Rescue is the direct byproduct of 9-11. Like, there's no other, there's no other world. Well, it makes so much sense, Josh. I I've huh. started referring to 9-11 as the Planes Day, and we have had now two Planes movies. Yeah. And it's very reminiscent of the two Planes on 9-11. Like, this is our personal 9-11, two Planes in a row. I'm wondering, though, if there could be a 9-11 tie-in in store at some point okay jesse shut in up planes three so uh, in this in this movie in this movie in a, a sort of like fantastic historical revisionism the existential threat of climate change is solved by planes it's a reverse 9-11 the planes are saving us from destruction unlike on that horrible day in september when the planes wrought destruction not on us but for generations of people around the globe with the surveillance state and the war on terror and the illegal occupation of Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm saying this is an attempt from Disney Toons movies to sew back together that wound, that rift caused by 9-11 by showing planes not causing this untold devastation, but in fact providing a balm mm. to it. And and Josh, to be clear, you're positing that on 9-11 – it was a sentient plane. It was a plane, <laughs> not a man driving a plane, but actually a plane, a living plane that crashed no, into the two towers. That's not what I'm. That is not what I'm saying. And don't make this part and of this your tie like into a, planes can we, can three. We agree, <laughs> Jesse, we just agree that maybe one of them was. One of them was a, a normal plane. No, one of them was a sentient. No, plane? no, maybe that no, was the one no. that crashed. Uh, uh, United no, Dusty was United 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 not, a sentient plane? The podcast is not saying that a sentient plane <laughs> did part of 9-11. That is not where we're going with this. You know what? I mean, I've heard over and over that, you know, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. So maybe 
the blood of a living plane <laughs> could. We don't know. Uh-huh. We do not know. This is what this movie does. Do you think I do you think that Planes 3 uh is going to have Dusty just like commit a, a suicide bombing of something and just like end his life? Or maybe that's Well, okay, so uh, apparently Planes 3 was going to happen at one point. Why? <laughs> Cuz they're making enough money to do so, I guess. But they were going to go to space. Are you kidding me? Curveball. They were going to go to space. Uh, I John Lasseter said they would explore the future of aviation in outer space. So imagine Dusty Crop Hopper My jaw fucking dropped. circling the moon, which would bring up a whole bunch of shit for me because... You don't believe in the moon. Well, that, among other things... Wow, this is crazy. Like, this would be... We've been wanting so much for a franchise to go to space. And can you imagine if it would be the Cars verse that went to space first for us? And we would have to grapple with that. I mean, that that would be the kind of hellish fucking Fuck. nightmarish twist that we would encounter on this cursed podcast. Um, so we're getting towards the end of the episode. We, we've got to point out some of the goofs because this, yes. some of this stuff really, please, please. some of this really took guys. I was so invested in this movie and I really, I, I just, I was taken right out of it. We have to talk about it. The rotating beacon on the water tower at Dusty's home airport is shown as being red and white. Actual civilian airport beacons are green and white. I was, I fucking punched a hole in the drywall. I leapt up off the couch and buried my fist in the fucking wall when I saw that. Oh, that's interesting. See, I, I had a different reaction to this because I would just, I went on IMDb and I made sure to tap not interested in any of them and then also personally messaged all the users saying, well, you do realize that this is the cars verse and not human verse. So maybe in that version, they are the right colors. And then I would just say, mm, sincerely, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charles from the podcast, When Will It End? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, there's actually a very mm-hmm. logical explanation for the discrepancy Absolutely. between the planes verse and, and, and real life. Imagine if you were like a, a gonzo journalist, like, uh, like a Hunter S. Thompson type who was just like snorting pills and smoking like DMT before watching this for review. That'd be cool. We should do that, that for the next episode. That sounds great. For Way Cars 3, we sober. all just snort opiates and and, and, yeah. and and rip a bowl of meth and watch Cars 3. Let's do it. <laughs> God, what do you think is going to happen in Cars 3? Uh, I don't know I, anything again, about it. I saw it, it. I saw oh, you've it in seen theaters it. and remember you... literally nothing about it. Like, I remember <laughs> Owen Wilson is in it, and that's I, I remember so little from it. A movie I sat down and watched in a movie theater that is the worst review I can possibly give any film. Like I truly remember zero percent of the plot. Um, one thing that probably is not going to happen is a de- a death. I I don't think that we're going to see uh, anybody die because surely this movie will break the cycle of of just absolute violence and carnage. I think this one will be death-free. Well, this one, wait, this one was death-free, right? Well, no, because uh, Ed Harris's partner died. Yeah, Eric Estrada died. Wait, what? Ed Harris's partner, Eric Estrada died. Like, like off-screen and in the off-screen. past, but still, he there's the, the but specter that's like of what death. what educates his whole character. How do you think he died? I really am, I'm not sure how these creatures end up dying it's really like that was all i could think about one sec well hold on i'm, I'm googling it i'm go- oh uh torture to death by al-qaeda 
Like, it seems like the only way you can die is if you're blown up. Because you can endure so much other torment. Like, I, I still have images of Dusty after he, like, almost drowns. And it's like, he's just a crumpled mess. And yet, a day later, he's fucking sporting those new wings, sporting that new propeller. He's fucking back. It doesn't fucking matter. <sighs> I, I did not think that I could dislike Dane Cook more than I did two weeks ago. Yeah. Him doing nice voice. If I see him in the street, I will go stab to him in the stomach. I mean, he, he's doing like Dane, Dane Cook nice. Like, what? We've got to save the lodge from the fire? <laughs> like, fucking, you know, <laughs> like a guy whose career is like screaming like the word tits at like a crowd of like blackout drunk, like Ohio State University students, like being like, oh no, only friendship can save us from the fire. How did he get this gig? How? Well, is there a whole thing where there's someone else who's supposed to play Dusty Crophopper? Yeah, John but Cryer there's originally. millions of other actors it could have been. No, no, there's two Why actors. Him? There's two actors, John Cryer and Dane <laughs> Cook. Okay, so we're getting towards the end God. of the episode here. Let me ask the, the painful, completely unnecessary question. At this point, now that all of us are just genuinely sad and upset, um, are you excited? Are you asking when will it end? Uh, or are you eagerly opening the door to Cars 3? I will open things and say, I want to die. <laughs> so what is that? Uh, I'm asking yet again, when will it end? This is a fucking horrible series. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in a complicated situation because to answer the question of the podcast and just get it on the record, I am asking when will it end? I'm sick of this shit. But because I know that I have to watch the third one. So that's my answer. I am asking. But just mm-hmm. deep down inside of me, I'm actually a little bit curious and hopeful <laughs> about Cars 3. I'm just yeah. a little... like Just because I know I have to sit down and watch it, I'm like, maybe this one will not be terrible. Uh, and that's like... Hmm. Uh, but I'm just deluding myself. I'm just trying to get through this next week. Mm. So I am asking when will it end. I think... I'm in a little bit of a similar situation because if if I knew that directly after this was a Planes 3, I'd oh tell you guys to go fuck yourself and I would not continue to be on this podcast. But the fact that we're going back to the Cars universe has me a little bit excited because I don't have to listen to Dane Cook. I don't have to see this fucking Disney Tunes animation bullshit anymore. Well, I mean, I guess it just has me a little bit more excited. This is maybe a good time to tell you that you're not invited to come back for the last episode of the oh, Cars okay. first. Right. Yeah. Well, but you can still watch stuff. it. It's been that real, Jesse. Thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate you going through Cars to yeah. planes and planes fire and rescue with us. But, um, guy's going to finish yeah. it out solo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I respected. Yeah, I respected. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk MVPs. Uh, huh. Oh, ha- uh, briefly before we go, Howard the truck. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, you caught that? The Is Howard, Howard the, the Truck, truck on screen? Yes, that we see a VHS cover of Howard the Truck, and that's the bit. And <laughs> right. good stuff, good stuff. There's also a weird Boat Reynolds joke. Oh, uh, yeah. That, again, it's just a name, and he doesn't say anything. I did actually, maybe the funniest part of the movie is when uh, everyone's fleeing because everything's about to catch on fire, and the poor boat, because it can't move on its own, is just stuck to almost that leave made and me just laugh. burn up. That yeah, made just me because laugh, I will say. it was like. The one of the cruelest moments in a pretty like I was so ready for more cruelty. I think I just I need it now to feel alive watching a planes movie. Yeah, yep, yeah, I feel that. 
I'm going to do the, the, you know, it doesn't happen very often. I usually can find some salvaging hope. Um, I was excited because the voice acting was potentially good this this movie. Yeah. And it all failed. I give, I award nobody. Nobody yeah, I, earns I, the MVP. I'm going to second Charles. Everyone in this movie is dragged down to the depths of hell and depraved. There's lots of people who I genuinely love in this movie and everyone just gets pissed on. Their, their faces are just soaked in piss and no one gets MVP. This and is to, a bad and to thing. And speak of the, the character getting dragged down too, Dottie was my MVP for last the last one. And you know what this movie chose to do? Get rid of Dottie. Show that, well, they got rid of <laughs> Dottie and tossed. they also showed that she sucked because that little fucking freak was like, oh, I could fix your heart. Yeah. I don't know why Dottie was such a piece of shit bad mechanic, but this yeah, is no problem. I figured it out. That's a bad turn for this. Yeah. Dottie rules. Dottie is the best mechanic in the fucking world and this movie sucks if it drags her down below yeah. a freaky yeah, little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are those things? Are they remote control cars? What are those things? They're just no, they're the same fucking... shit. Yeah, it's just they're the terrifying. guy. What, what is his name? So Maru. Scary. Maru is the yeah, same fuck exact. Maru. Yeah, he's the they're... same exact type of car as Dottie. Yeah, which is to say, a, a tiny car. So in cars, in the Cars movie, birds are planes. In Cars two, in the Planes movie, birds are like paper planes. Did you catch there's a, that? There's a wood. Yeah, there's a wood bird that I was thinking about pausing and getting into it. Right then, stay there, consistent. But, uh, stay consistent. Yeah, playing no, no. just as a, a tip of the hat to to Curtis Armstrong, who plays Maru. He did appear in Southland Tales, so just uh, you know, yeah. that was episode two of the of the bonus show, right? Yeah, it was. Check out our Patreon. Well, let's close well, today with. Well, uh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. He hasn't me. given an MVP. You didn't ask me who my MVP was, but I'm sorry. You. Jesus Christ, Jerry Stiller, get the fuck out. Wait, Jerry Stiller, is he the old RV that used to be a taco truck? That's right. Yes. Harvey. Why is anyone eating tacos? Harvey the RV and Winnie the Winnebago. I love those guys. I hope they had sex on that bridge before it uh, before it burned. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, it's it's implied that they fucking had a nasty ass fuck before uh, the fire broke out. They were just that's right, rimming and sucking. And Have fucking. you ever done that? Been like, oh, I want to go recreate our past. I'm going to go to the woods and try to find the place where we had our first kiss. Wink, wink, and we're actually going to ass fuck. And then suddenly the entire forest sets on fire. Yeah, and I you're forced to a, be rescued by a, a sexless. That's, that's a common sexual experience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've all been yeah. through it. We've all been through it. So it was Jesse, the most thanks, relatable part. Thanks for joining us today. Um, and I'll close with a quote from uh, Bob's uh, Ganneman. I thought you were joking, Jesse. His name is Roberts. Yeah, yes. it's weird. I thought you were kidding. I thought that was a dumb joke. No! Jesus Christ. Roberts yeah. Ganaway. As right. Bob's Ganaway. And here is a, a classic Bob's Ganaway quote that we'll close on. Have you ever heard of the madman who on a bright morning lighted a lantern and, and ran to the marketplace calling out unceasingly, I seek God, I seek God. As there were many people standing about who did not believe in God, he caused a great deal of amusement. Why? Is he lost? Asked one. Has he strayed away like a child? Said another. Or does he keep himself hidden? Is he afraid of us? Has he taken a sea voyage? Has he immigrated? The people cried out laughingly all in a hubbub. The insane man jumped into their midst and transfixed them with his glances. Where is God gone? He called out. I mean to tell you, we have killed him. You and I, we are all his murderers. Murderers, But how have we done it? 
How are we able to drink up the sea? Who gave us the sponge to wipe away the whole horizon? What did we do when we loosened this earth from its sun? Whither does it now move? Whither do we move? Away from all suns? Do we not dash on unceasingly? Backwards, sideways, forwards, in all directions? Is there still an above and below? Do we not stray as through infinite nothingness? Does not empty space breathe upon us? Has it not become colder? Does not night come on continually darker and darker? Shall we not have to light lanterns in the morning? Do we not hear the noise of the grave diggers were burying God. Do we not smell the divine putrefaction? For even gods putrefy. God is dead. God remains dead and we have killed him. How shall we console ourselves, most murderousness of all murderers? The holiest and the mightiest that is the world is here to pour has blood to death under our knife. Who will wipe the blood away from us? With what water shall we cleanse ourselves? What lustrums, what sacred games shall we have to devise? Is not the magnitude of this deed too great for us? Shall we not ourselves have to be Come, gods, merely to seem worthy of it. There never was a greater event, and on account of it, all who are born after us belong to a higher history than any history hitherto. Here the madman was silent and looked again upon his hearers. They were also silent and looked at him in surprise. At last he threw his lantern on the ground so that it broke into pieces and was extinguished. I come too early, he said then. I am not yet at the right time. This prodigious event is still on its way and is traveling. It has not reached men's ears. Lighting and thunder need time. The light of the stars need time. Deeds need time. Even after they are done to be seen and heard, this this deed is as yet further from them than the furthest star. And yet they have done it. It is further stated that the madman made his way into different churches on the same day and there intoned his requiem. When led out and called to account, he always gave the reply, Lightning McQueen will return in Cars 3. (laughs) 